Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. And hey, while you still have your phone in your hand, can you do me a favor? Can you hit that subscribe button? If we've been together before, it would mean a lot if you would leave a rating and a review. Those things matter, especially on Apple Podcasts. They're how other people find the show. They open up new opportunities for guests. And ultimately, ratings and reviews are what help me pursue my writing dream. So to you, it's a few seconds to hit five stars and write two sentences about what you really appreciate about the show. To me, it's a whole new set of opportunities. So thank you. After I graduated college, I went to China to teach English. And part of my job involved going from classroom to classroom and spending about an hour convincing high school students that they could understand a native English speaker, which sometimes meant the teacher stood in the doorway and translated. So that was really productive. But I also know that I talk fast. Y'all know that I talk fast. If you don't know what that's like, jump back to episode 44, where I tripped over my words so hard that I said farting. One of my friends texted me and said when she heard that, she laughed so hard that she choked. If you're going to choke listening to my podcast, please don't include that in your review because it's really hard for a publisher to explain to their lawyer why they're bringing on an author who makes people choke. Paperwork on that? No bueno. So I'm literally bouncing around this Chinese classroom trying to get these students excited about English, right? The more animated I'm getting, the higher pitch my voice is getting, the lower the level of comprehension is going. Um, but... I'm sure if it had been socially acceptable for them to do so, they would have been laughing at me. But that's not acceptable in China. So I knew that my students knew the alphabet. So I was like, let's say the alphabet together. Okay, you and I will all pause at the same spots when we're saying the alphabet. My students, they all paused at the same spots when they were saying the alphabet. But they were different spots. Literally, I felt like I didn't know the English alphabet, because they're like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, X, Y, Z. I think I missed some letters in there. That's how great I knew the English alphabet. It's hard <laughs> to say it at a different cadence. It's also hard to differentiate between mouth and mouse. And I also knew that my students knew about the five big lakes in the United States, we call them Great Lakes. Thank you very much. But growing up six miles from one of them, I drew a really epic picture of the Great Lakes region. You can just imagine in your head what that looks like. It was awesome. Um, it was also in chalk. It was one of my masterpieces. It's probably going to be hanging on the wall of a museum someday if you write your reviews, of course. So anyway, one thing I made my students do was stand up and introduce themselves because they could understand me and I could understand them. That was the goal. Um, and then I would bribe them with a piece of candy. So if they stood up and introduced themselves, I would give them a piece of candy. The student named Dennis conveniently did not want to wear his participants and did not get a piece of candy. My dad's name is Dennis. If you've seen Instagram, this will not surprise you at all that the kid named after my dad didn't want to play. Um, so literally they were allowed to pick any English word to be their name. I'm not kidding. I met kangaroo. I met caterpillar. I met Angel. I met Snow. I didn't meet Snow Angel. Erica thought she had a boy's name, so I had to explain the difference between Eric and Erica. And then this girl stands up and she goes, my name is Loser because I make mistakes. And I didn't know it at the time, but my whole world changed in that moment. And 
I had told this girl who named herself Loser about my country and my culture and my language and my Great Lakes. But in that moment, what I really wanted to tell her was about my Jesus. And of course I couldn't. I'm sure I said something positive trying to build her self-esteem. But as I reflect on it years later, I actually have a lot of respect for Loser. Because she did publicly what most of us have only done privately. She named herself based on her mistakes and her failures and her shortcomings. And we do that too, don't we? Maybe not out loud. I certainly hope we don't do it out loud. I certainly hope if we did it out loud, somebody would call us out on it. But I've spent enough time on social media to know that that's probably not actually always the case. And I know that in our heads, we can get away with anything. So in our heads, we tell ourselves anything. But here's the deal. You wouldn't put up with that kind of emotional abuse from someone else. Yet most of us put up with it from ourselves. And sometimes it's really obvious, like the time I called myself stupid because I went on the freeway the wrong way. Not like was driving the wrong direction on the freeway, but like went northbound and needed southbound. But sometimes it's not as obvious. And sometimes we just wrestle with it. Like literally yesterday I said to a friend, I stink at this. And she said, that's actually not true. So you need to stop telling yourself that. She's right. It's not a strength of mine, but I'm not as terrible at it as I like to think I am. And these names that we give ourselves are lies that we're going to continue to believe as long as we keep telling ourselves that they're true. And I'm sure that this student in China had made some mistakes. We all have. That's part of life. If you have somehow managed to make it this far into your life without making a ton of mistakes, send me the link to your podcast because I'd really like to listen to it. But you know what? As someone who makes mistakes, I'm in good company. And so was the girl who called herself loser. And so are you. That's not what shame wants you to believe. Shame wants you to believe that your scars need to be hidden forever and you can't ever let someone know that you have scars. Guilt is what I did was wrong. Shame says I am wrong. Shame says my name is loser. Shame sat at a well in Samaria with Jesus. John 4. Now he, Jesus, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near a plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his long journey, sat down on the wall. It was about noon. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. Jesus is tired. It is travel day. I know it's been like 600 million years since any of us have traveled. But in case you don't remember, traveling is exhausting. And that's even with modern conveniences like airplanes and flush toilets. And even airplanes that have flush toilets. Now we're talking about toilets. Please don't put that in your review either. It's midday. Jesus is at the well midday. The heat of the day. I don't know what time of year this was. But I've been to Israel and I can tell you that it really didn't matter. 
It's not like this is Minnesota winter where 10 below is the heat of the day and it's safe to go get your mail. No one went to the well in the heat of the day, except Jesus. And this woman who's probably at the well in the heat of the day to avoid the gossip and the shame that comes from all the other people. She's dodging the crowd. And now this normally busy airport security line has a Jewish man and a Samaritan woman. And that's it. And there's a lot going on culturally here that we probably won't understand. But scripture straight up tells us that Jews don't associate with Samaritans. And to be a man and a woman engaging together in conversation is scandalous. To make matters worse, did you hear what Jesus said? Will you give me a drink? Question mark. Jesus is submitting himself to her by asking for a drink. This question is alarming. And she's appropriately thrown off by it. She says, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And Jesus says some really confusing things about drinking living water. And she highlights more differences between Jews and Samaritans. And he tells her that he has water that those who drink from it will never be thirsty again. And for a moment, she sees hope. She sees a way to avoid the well and the midday sunburn. She sees a way out of her old way of life. She wants the water so she'll never be thirsty again. And Jesus follows it with a zinger. Go call your husband and come back. Yeah, I'm sure her hopes are dashed. But she answers honestly. She says, I have no husband. Then Jesus expands the whole truth. And he says, you're right when you say you have no husband. In fact, you have had five husbands, and the man you are with now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Cue shame. And listen, we don't know a lot more about this woman's story. We do know that the cultural reasons when a man could divorce his wife were numerous and what we would consider frivolous today. But we can guess that she's probably got a lot of pain here. Because whatever happened, happened five times. And we can safely hear Jesus calling out her shame, her deep, dark secret, her feelings of unwantedness, her name of loser. And shame says that we want to hide. She's hiding at the well in the middle of the day. A student in China was hiding behind a name that set expectations low. And the woman is thinking practically. And she points out more differences between Jews and Samaritans. And again, Jesus says some confusing things. And they're talking about the Messiah who's going to come and explain everything. And Jesus says, I who speak to you am he. To which I would have said, Jesus, you can't be the Messiah because you have definitely not explained everything clearly. But he has explained everything about her past. And she runs off to the village saying, come meet the man who told me everything I ever did. She has seen his glory. She has experienced his freedom. She has tasted his living water. She wants it. She has had an encounter with the Christ. And scripture says many Samaritans from that town 
believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Did you catch that? She had an encounter with him. And they had an encounter with her. And they believed. They only encountered him through her. And they believed. They only encountered him through this woman who has been divorced five times, who is hiding at the well in the middle of the day. And they came to know Jesus. Pastor Justin Davis, now of Hope City Church in Indianapolis, said, What if God wants to leverage your past to help point others to healing? If you ever felt like you failed, You're uniquely qualified to be a healer. He doesn't use perfect people. He uses transparent people. Davis went on to explain that this is a choice that we have to make. To let God use our scars in hopes that others will find healing. Or we can choose to hide our scars and not even find healing ourselves. So it doesn't matter what kind of shame you're hiding behind. We all have scars, physical and emotional ones. And we all have the choice to find healing and to help others find healing, to drink from the well of living water. At one point in my English class, I invited the students to ask me questions. They were allowed to ask me anything. They asked if they could email me, and I said, sure, but I didn't speak Chinese, so they needed to email me in English. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. It's been a decade, but I am still waiting for that email from a Q.com email address because somebody's actually learned English and wants to show off. But at one point, loser raised her hand. And in that moment, I had to decide between calling this beautiful child by name and calling this student a loser. And in that millisecond, I decided that the word really didn't have the full connotation for her that it did for me. And because it was her name... The ability to address her by name was stronger positive force than the negativity negativity of calling her a loser. Yet I wish I would have realized that there was a third option. And that option would have been to give her a new name. A more appropriate English name. And at the risk of sounding trite, that's what Jesus has done for all of us. He's seen us in our shame in our hurt, in our mistakes. He's fully aware of our scars. He's called out whatever the equivalent we have in our lives to having had five husbands. And he still offers to be our Messiah. He still offers us a new name. Names are important. We've all been taught tips and tricks to remember someone's name. We've all been hurt when someone has forgotten our name. We have all forgotten someone's name. There was a time right after I had changed churches that every week for a solid year, the greeter asked if it was my first time there. The first few times, okay, he forgot. Like a month or two in, I think I called him out on it and was like, no, I've been here every week. That didn't change anything. He just said that he was bad with names and apparently also faces. So I finally learned that I had to greet him by name before he could ask me if it was my first time here because he asked every single week. He forgot my name. He forgot my face. 
We've also had moments where people we don't expect to know our names know our names. Like at a concert meet and greet, remember what those are? Or what about like the big boss at work? Or if you have a unique name, what about the time when it was pronounced or spelled correctly? It matters. And before I left China, the students wanted to give me a Chinese name. A decade later, I definitely don't remember what it was because it was hard to spell for my English brain. It was hard to pronounce for my English mouth or maybe my English mouse. It felt weird on my tongue, but that didn't make it any less mine. It was my name. It was the name that they had given me. Those characters on the chalkboard meant me. And I had a friend who had gotten married and went from a six-letter last name to a 12-letter last name. And the first time she tried to write her name on a name tag, she stopped and said, I can't do this. And part of it is that she's physically shaky first thing in the morning. This was like seven o'clock in the morning. So she couldn't like physically write all 12 letters of her last name on this name tag. But she also didn't know how they fit on a name tag because her name was new. She had never done that before. And she loved her new last name. She was so excited to have the new last name. That's why she wanted to include it on the name tag. But she didn't know how to write it on there. So she handed me the Sharpie and a fresh name tag and said, will you write it for me? Because I could fit 12 letters on there and she just didn't know how to do that yet. And they'd actually be legible since she was shaky. And in that moment, I got to help her accept and wear literally her new last name. She loves that name. But she didn't know how to wear it yet. So she asked me to be part of it. When we've been calling ourselves loser and somebody calls us beautiful, we don't know how to start wearing that new last name. We don't know how to start wearing that new identity. It takes some time. It takes some practice. It takes some people coming around us and speaking it into us. It takes an intentional choice to accept it. When I lived in El Salvador, I had the opportunity to learn how to surf from one of the best surfers in the world. Or maybe it was the country. I don't really know. Either way, I'm going to watch for him in the Olympics. I don't know if he'll be there. But is surfing even a thing in the Olympics? Let me just tell you, I will not be surfing in the Olympics if they exist. I'm not even really sure why I agreed to a surfing lesson because let's just say that sports are not really my thing. Hand-eye coordination, especially at that time, not my strength. Um, I did not want to be known by name by the people at the eye doctor's office who fixed my glasses enough times after I had catched the basketball with my face. So, I like water though, and I'm a pretty strong swimmer, so that must have been why I agreed to learn how to surf. And on the black sand beaches of El Salvador, with a thunderstorm off in the distance, absolutely gorgeous sunset, this rock star famous surfer is trying to teach us how to surf. Y'all, I can't even stand up on my board properly in the sand. How on earth am I going to do it in the water? And lying there on my board, still in the sand, 
already starting to feel frustrated. And do you know what my head said to me? My head started calling myself mean names. My head remembered all of those basketball incidents with glasses. My head reminded me of all those Saturdays I spent warming the bench because I wasn't good enough to actually play the game. What if I was the remedial help girl again, like I always am? What if they told me just to stick to land sports? Or what about that time I went downhill skiing and some stranger had to pull me down by the back of my jacket because I did not know how to stop? What if they decide that I'm a hazard? What if I break my board? Like, this thing's not cheap. What if I break myself? I was much more concerned about a bruised ego than I was a broken body. So laying there on my board on this black sand beach, I start bartering with God. Begging may be a better term. Bribing would not be out of line. What if this could be the one sport I was actually good at? Please, God, please, please, please. What if maybe just this one time I didn't need remedial help? What if maybe I could even do it faster and better than everyone else? Yeah, that didn't happen. But you know what did happen? I had a blast learning how to surf. Yes, I spent the whole time learning how to surf. I did not spend any time actually surfing. In fact, one time, I think I stood up and I did not know what to do. And so I panicked and I fell. That was my most successful surf. Um, My most unsuccessful was when another surfer ran me over. Literally, the person who's further out has the right of way. I'm swimming out. She's surfing in, headed straight towards me. I do not have the hand-eye coordination to get out of her way. Um, So I throw my board. It's attached to my ankle, so I know it can't go very far. And I literally took the biggest breath I could get, and I went as far underwater as I could. And I think I probably put my hands over my head. And then I just sat there and waited and waited until it felt like it had been long enough for her to have gone over. And I waited some more. And then I felt the water move of somebody going right over me. And I knew that it was safe to come up. And sure enough, my board was still there out of her way. I absolutely love surfing. Do you know why I absolutely love surfing? It is not because I am good at it. It's because I made the conscious decision that I was going to enjoy it, even if I wasn't good at it. I, was gonna, I made the conscious decision that I was going to try with everything that I had, even if that just meant my arms got really strong swimming across waves. I made the conscious decision that it didn't matter what happened. I was going to enjoy myself. And I did. I didn't break my board. I didn't break myself. I only got run over that one time. And I had fun. I changed my name from remedial help surfer to the woman who was terrible but enjoying herself. Oh, I did also kick my instructor in the face a couple times. Yeah, that happened. So I want you to look at what it's going to look like to change your name, to change the story that you're telling yourself. And I'm not just going to tell you to do it. I'm going to invite you to do it right now. If you're driving, maybe pause. We are at about minute 23 and come back later. But if you're not driving, and if you're not cleaning your dishes or whatever it is that you're doing while you're listening to your podcast, I want you to pull out a piece of paper. Fold it the hot dog way. Don't try to tell me you didn't have an elementary school teacher as a mother and so you don't know what on earth the hot dog way means. There are two different ways you can fold a piece of paper, the hot dog way and the hamburger way. 
case you haven't figured it out yet, fold it so your paper looks more like a hot dog than a hamburger. Okay, cool. Phew. Glad we got that over with. That was way more complicated than it needed to be. On one side of the paper, I want you to write all the lies you're telling yourself about yourself. I'm not good at this. I'm a remedial help surfer. I kicked people in the face. I fell. My name's Loser. Whatever story is coming to mind, I'll never be successful at that. I don't know how to do this. I'm no good at that. It will always be this way. Something just got triggered. Write all of those things down. Every single one of them. Now I want you to unfold your paper. And for every lie that you wrote, I want you to write a matching truth. I am loved. I am enjoyed. I am cared for. I am valued. I am capable of learning hard things. I can do hard things. I am practicing to get better at that. It won't always be this way. Pull out scripture if you want. Talk about who the Lord has called you. He's called you a chosen, chosen. He's not called you a chosen anything. He has called you a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's First Peter 2.9. He has called you beloved. He has called you altogether beautiful. He has said there is no flaw in you. Put your name in scripture. I have talked to a man who told Katie everything she ever did. Fill it up, line for line. And then I want you to fold your paper again. This time so you can't see the lies. You can only see the truths. And I want you to hang it somewhere, put it somewhere, whatever it takes, where you're going to see it. Your bathroom mirror. Maybe not the steering wheel of your car. It'd be hard to read while you're driving. On your kitchen counter. Inside your purse. Do people still carry purses or do we just use Apple Pay for everything? Somewhere where you're going to encounter it. On your bedside table. I don't care as a bookmark. Somewhere where you're going to see it regularly. And every time you see it, I want you to read at least one of those truths. You can read through all of them every time. That'd be awesome. Might take a while, depending on how many lies you had. But just start with one. Every time that piece of paper catches your eye, read one of the truths to yourself again. We're cutting out the lies. We're combating it with truth. If you want to take it even a step further, post a picture, either of your piece of paper or of yourself on your favorite social media site. And then write a caption that says something to the extent of, I promised Katie Axelson I'd stop speaking poorly about myself. You can tag me. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all Katie Axelson. Facebook's Katie Axelson writer. I promise I'm going to stop speaking poorly about myself. You can ask them to hold you accountable, but you don't have to. Because sometimes that gets overwhelming. But make a commitment to yourself 
that your name is no longer loser. Your name is no longer whatever derogatory term comes to your mind when you've done something stupid. Because here's the thing. You're not going to be perfect ever. You're going to continue to do stupid stuff. But that's not the identity that you have to carry. That's not the identity that you're going to wear. You are chosen. You are beautiful. You are loved. You matter. You matter to me and you matter to so many other people. You can't continue to call yourself loser, my friend. I'm not going to allow it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. This is a story that's been on my heart for many, many years. It's a story I've told many, many times. It's actually part of a larger book, a book that's currently unpublished on my computer. And the only way for it to turn into a published book someday is for things like reviews. So if you haven't done so yet, now would be a great time to leave a review on Have Hope Will Travel. Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Then jump over to katieaxelson.com. Loan me your email address so I can keep you updated when the girl named Loser book does finally turn into a real book. Remember, my friend, you are chosen, you are loved, you matter, you are valued. And we will see you again in two weeks. Be blessed.